I just have a little short, brief little message that I want to bring out today. You know, in my devotions, once again, the Holy Spirit, uh, like a mighty spotlight from the sky, has been illuminating and shining upon individuals in the Bible who did the right thing, who, who had the right vision, who had the right motive, who had the right action as a believer in God. And it's like every time I pick up the Word, the Lord is just spotlighting that for me. And today I want to talk just for a few minutes. I mean, we're not going to be here very long, but this is important to us because here in 2014, God is opening up a brand new season for Acts 26:18 ministries. He's opening up a lot of doors. He's issuing us a lot of marching orders. And He's sending us into places that many people won't go. And I want to encourage you today to never, ever, ever lessen your vision to accommodate the opinions of another person. I believe the sky is the limit. I believe that you can reach for the stars, so to speak, in Jesus' name. And I believe that God will honor that. God doesn't honor you just sitting around saying, Bless me, my four, and no more. Can I get a witness? God wants you to think beyond your neighborhood, beyond your community, beyond your state, beyond the nation of America. And God is ready to birth some world changers that will make a difference in Indonesia, that will make a difference in Africa, that will make a difference in their hometown, that will just plain flat out make a difference in the name of Jesus Christ in the day and age in which we live. And I've been put down for the scope and the reach of my vision, but God gave me this vision, hallelujah. And so I don't really care what the naysayers think or feel, and I don't care who that may be. It doesn't change my attitude to go after everything that God has for me. Now, if you want to go, come on. Jump on board, and we'll go together. If you want to criticize then stay away from us. Because we're marching on in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And this one particular concept that God has been bringing up over and over and over and over again to me in ministry, in my personal life, and in my devotional time heavy lately is the power of divine friendships. And what is a real friend? And what does... Uh, when, when somebody says, and it's so glibly said these days, I love you, who really means it and how can you tell? And who should you run with on a consistent basis? Now you should love everyone because Jesus commands us to love everyone. Amen? But that doesn't mean you have to have everyone as a best friend. And so who should you hang out with? Spend the extra time with. Who should you focus on in these last days? We're going to look today at the power of divine friendship. Now, I'm only going to read one verse of Scripture, but I'm going to refer to many as we go through. And if you know the story of David and Jonathan, 
then you will pick up on this very, very quickly. So let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20, and we'll read verse 42. <clears throat> this is a powerful verse coming to us from the Holy Spirit. It says, Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying... Now let's stop right there briefly. How many times... Do we just swear something in the name of the Lord? Oh, I'll always be there for you. Oh, I'll always be praying. Oh, I'll always give to support what you're doing. Oh, I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You see, as Christians, we're supposed to be imitators of our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We're supposed to act like Him. They took this very seriously in the days of the Bible. We should take it very seriously today also, but we do not. So oftentimes, we speak so glibly. We talk so many times off the cuff. We say things to hear our voice, whatever the case might be. And then when the chips are down, we didn't really mean it. That's a sin in the Word of God. The Bible labels that as sin. It was very seriously taken by the Lord. Covenant. Loyalty. Friendship. Honor. Are all things that God takes very, very seriously. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. Since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Now when we th start thinking about friendships, first of all, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you never really lose friends, you only simply find out who your friends are. Okay, a real friend is never going to leave, not going to get offended at every little thing you say that they may or may not agree with or like. A real friend is not going to just bail out, and when the times are going bad, and things are rough and tough, I'll tell you, a real friend will be there to encourage you. Not to ignore you and blow you off, but a real friend, and we're going to see it here in just a moment, will be there, Johnny on the spot, prompt to be an encouragement. And this is what we look for in this ministry more than anything else. Trust me, I've had my dealings with, you know, uh, associations that really we should not continue to, to engage in. We should just go on and let the Lord bring those people into the scope of our influence that He desires to be there. You're always better off when you do that. Adversity is one thing more than any other that will bring us face to face with who our real friends are and also our need to associate in a more intimate way with the body of Christ. Adversity has a way of showing us not only who our friends are but our need to establish godly friendships in our lives. Maybe we need some new friends. There's times in life when you'll come to the place where you will need to change your friends. 
I mean, the, especially the more God begins to use you and the bigger the vision that God gives you, a lot of times people will get jealous and envious. And because they're not being used in that way, they will begin to ridicule what you are doing. They will begin to make light of it. And they, you know, people have different attitudes for different reasons. And it's, it's amazing to just sit back and watch. And that's why we're not too quick to pass judgment uh, anymore on what people do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm supportive of anything that's bringing glory to Jesus Christ and getting souls saved. Amen? I'm supportive of that. And so, a lot of times, you know, when, when God starts using you and when God starts lifting and building you up, they will accuse you of doing it yourself. So you need new friends. You need new associates who will see the vision. You see, that person has no discernment whatsoever. Or they would discern the hand of God on your situation. So you need to surround yourself with, first of all, discerning friends. Friends who will bring discernment into your case. Now, how many of you know that David relied upon Jonathan many times for advice and vice versa? Jonathan relied upon David for advice as well. And the key to success in ministry is going to wind up being in these last days, you and I depending on the Holy Spirit inside each other to help one another out. Okay? Uh, I don't care if you think my vision is too big. I don't care what you think. I, got, I didn't get my vision from you, first of all. But secondly, I'm gonna, when I have a free moment, do you think I'm going to choose to hang out with the person who is criticizing of others, who thinks my vision's too big, who thinks I should be doing this, or am I going to want to hang out with the person who may not know me very well at all? The other person might know me longer, but maybe I'll hang out with the one who says, you can do it, God wants you to do it, God's moving through you, God's building this thing. Well, I'm going to hang out with choice number two, obviously. And so would you. So we'll be honest about the thing. So sometimes we need to change who we're hanging out with. God made us for fellowship, and he made us for communication with other human beings and with himself. None of us were designed to do this alone. Okay? I don't know how many times we have to keep saying it, but none of us were ever designed to live the Christian life alone. Isolationists do not make it, especially in the times that we're coming in. We need other people, and other people need us. Who those people are is tremendously vital to your mindset, and that's what I'm trying to share with you today. Sometimes we make unwise association. We choose the wrong friend. We choose the wrong employment. We choose the wrong partner. We choose the wrong employee to work with us. Whatever the case might be. But those bad choices will bring us adversity. David and Jonathan provide us with a very good model here for true friendship. Now, Jonathan had a deep love for David. How many knows that there is a love that is, sometimes it's even deeper than family. Sometimes it's, it's certainly deeper 
then I, I think the husband-wife relationship is actually the deepest form of love you will ever experience if it's done in a godly way. Uh, but sometimes there are friends that God brings into your life that's, that's closer to you maybe than anybody else other than your spouse. Sometimes there's people that's brought into your life that God intends for you to run the race with. I have a few, very few people like that in my life. But God has established those relationships. And sometimes the best thing that we can express, the best word that we can use to express that level of friendship is love. Doesn't mean we don't love others. It doesn't mean that, 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 we're, that we're shrinking our circle of love and our circle of influence because we don't ever want to do that. But there's always those ones who are closest to each one of us. Each one of us has people like that. And you, sometimes you'll run into, uh, as you live, I mean, I, the longer I live, the older I get and the further I go, as I like to say, um, you find out that a lot of times you're willing to be that for a lot of different people and they don't want it. And you need not become discouraged about that because God has somebody for you to enter into this deeper level of this David and Jonathan level of friendship. God does have someone there for you to enter into that with. Now, Let's understand that Jonathan and David loved each other. And because of that love, especially in the life of Jonathan, and I think that God did that for a purpose that we'll talk about another time. But because of this love, Jonathan acted in several specific ways. If you read the story of David and Jonathan, and you look back to 1 Samuel chapter 19, the first three verses there, you will see that Jonathan warned David of possible danger. And notice how he warned. Notice he didn't take an arrogant attitude about it. He warned him as a friend, as a loving friend would warn another loving friend. Also, he spoke well of David, even to people who considered David to be their enemy and who was angry with Jonathan for having David as a friend. But in 1 Samuel 19.4, you will see that Jonathan spoke well of his friend David. Even when other people were criticizing David, even when other people were, were saying hateful things about David, Jonathan spoke well of him. I mean, a friend is a friend is a friend is a friend. And so we speak well of them. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 4, and, and this is a big one. This is a big one. Let's read that verse. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. Jonathan sought to do what David needed him to do. Now this is a big one, and this is one that in our ministry, and, and as you go out with us into this new season that's beginning here in 2014, you're going to see what I'm talking about sometimes when you don't want to see it. But a real friend is not going to be troubled if you ask them to send out some emails for the project. 
A real friend is going to say, sure, anything I can do to help. A real friend isn't going to be bothered by hitting like on your Facebook statuses in order to get you higher up in the search engine so more people can see the message that God has given you. A real friend is going to be more than glad to do it. A real friend is going to be one, as Jonathan did here with David, where he was concerned, whatever you need me to do, if it's in my power to do it, I will do it. So right away you know if you're spotting somebody who does things for you begrudgingly or if you spot someone who, who has an attitude that says, well, I shouldn't have to do this and I shouldn't have to do that. And then right away they begin to attack your motive. If you run into a situation like that, you know that person is not genuine. And that person is not a good friend. Now they can repent, praise God, and we've all had an apple out of this bag, so we've all needed repentance in these areas at one time or another. But then in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 32 and 33, we find Jonathan risking his very life in defending David. In verses 35 through 41, he helps David escape the situation that was facing him. So we see that Jonathan voiced one of the greatest statements of friendship in the entire Bible when he said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Now that's friendship. Paul describes Christian friendship in what we have come to call the love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He describes Christian friendship as patient and kind and humble and polite and selfless and unruffled and positive and magnanimous and rooted in the truth and in supportive and helpful and enduring. That's the way Paul described friendship. Paul had friends. Paul had people who were willing to aid him in his ministry. Now, there were a lot of people that were against him. And I'm sure there that he, like the rest of us, had some people that one day was his friend, and then he gets this vision of Jesus, just like Joseph, you know. Joseph's brothers got along fine with him until he started sharing his dreams with him. And so I'm sure that he experienced, Paul did, uh, these negative things that sometimes come to us in the midst of our associations. But what I'm telling you is that you and I, especially right now, Especially, we are on the razor edge of God just thrusting us out into destiny. I mean, we're at the razor edge of it. And so we need more than ever, more than ever, to guard and protect the anointing on our lives and on this ministry and the ministries that are associated with this ministry at this time. We need to protect the anointing. We don't need to open the door. Why? I mean, if the UPS man brought you a box full of rattlesnakes and serpents and knocked on your door wanting to give you that package, are you going to receive it? It's very important right now that we are in constant prayer for the right people to be sent for the right job in this season that we're in as a ministry. Because if you let a serpent in, you're going to have trouble and adversity brought to you that would not have needed to have been brought and happened.
and the focus needs to be not on someone's constant little problem that they have. They can't play nice in the sandbox. The, 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 the focus needs to be on getting this job done. I mean, this vision is huge. We need to focus on getting this job done and not be focused on the touchy-feely uh, uh, every watch every little statement you make and walk on eggshells and all this we can't afford that in these last days because there's a world that needs the message of the gospel too much there's a world that needs to hear about Jesus and so that's what our focus has got to be. So Paul, he experienced those who turned on him, I'm sure. He experienced a lot of different things from a lot of different people. You can read about it in the New Testament. He was under constant attack by what he called false brethren. That's what he termed them, false brethren. And so Paul knew about attack, but then he goes on to describe real, divine, Christian friendship. As patient, kind, humble, polite. Polite. How many times does somebody send you an email and you don't even bother to answer it? Now I agree that it, it goes, and Dennis O'Daniel and I are going to be discussing this on a show very, very quickly, uh, coming up very soon, but I know there are different levels of friendship. And, and, and there are certain people you, you may not really expect a response. But then there are certain other people in your life that you expect better out of them. Based on the level of relationship. How many times do people call you and you don't return their calls? How many times are you just downright rude? Pastor Jonathan Falwell was telling uh, one day we were at a service at Thomas Road Baptist Church there in Lynchburg. And uh, Pastor Falwell was telling how a poll had been taken. And people who work in restaurants, waiters and waitresses and, and such, that work in restaurants hate to work Sunday because they said that Christians were the rudest people that they had to wait on. Isn't that something? That's a sad indictment, you know, about who we have become as a body of, of believers. And what we want to do is elevate that. You know, uh, back in the 90s, a, a message was being preached called Raise the Standard. I think we need that message again. I believe today we need to re raise the standard and the bar of our activity, of our vision, and of our behavior as never before. And so we need to be a good Christian friend, polite, selfless, unruffled, positive, magnanimous, rooted in truth, supportive, supportive, hopeful. If somebody comes to you and shares a vision, oh, I've, I've got a vision that I believe God wants me to touch the world. Holy Spirit will bear witness with that. And you should be hopeful. You say, you know what? You know, even, even if you know or you think you know, because I'll be honest with you, you don't really know. Only the Holy Spirit knows. But if you even if you think they're wrong, you should just say, man, I hope you get there. I hope you get where God wants you. And, and that's not a lie. You do. You hope you get where God wants you to be. 
I hope you, man, I'm going to be praying that God's just going to bless that vision and God's just going to increase you and God's just going to multiply your efforts and be a, a blessing like you, you want to bless others. You see, that's Christian friendship. That's real friendship. That's divine and true friendship. Supportive, hopeful, and also enduring. Enduring. Folks, we've got a covenant to stick it out with each other through the times that we're living in, through thick and through thin. We've got to let some of the petty little things go. We've got to let some of the silly little uh, disagreements between us pass. We've got to learn that everybody's got a right to have a theological viewpoint that may be different from ours. As long as we all agree on the essentials, then we've got to understand that there's plenty of room for disagreement on the non-essentials, and we need to welcome each other with that warm embrace of Christian fellowship and friendship in these last days. I don't believe it's ever going to be any more important than it is right now. Paul, describing real friendship in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, said that such love never fails. And such friendships are divine blessings in our lives. They are God's rich rewards to us while we walk upon the earth. And so I want to leave you today with this final thought. I want to leave it in your heart and in your spirit to be the kind of friend that you want. You see, it's easy to get upset with people who don't, who you don't think are treating you right. But you, it's a little more difficult for you to focus in on being the kind of friend that you want to have as a friend in your own life. And so I challenge you as we head into this the rest of our week here, as we go out as a ministry, as a team, as a team of ministries uniting under one banner to impact a generation, I challenge you to kick it up a notch in the level of friendship. Now, we can't be friends with every single person and give all equal time and such. We know that. We understand that. It goes by level of relationship. I can't wait for Dennis and I to, to, to do that talk. It's going to be so rich in the Holy Ghost. But we love everybody, but we have to focus on those divine friendships that God has placed in our lives. And we have to make sure that we're going to be about the right thing where other people are concerned. Be willing to be a Jonathan, be willing to be a David, and go forward to bless in Jesus' name. And once we start seeing that happening, I believe that instead of having 10 ministries that we work with, I believe we're going to all of a sudden have 20, and then 50, and then 100 ministries. And we're all going to be able to band together under an anointing of the Holy Spirit to touch a generation, to work together to share the love of Christ with a lost and dying world. That's what this is all about. It's all about spreading the gospel. It's not about, you know, quit worrying about, well, there's so-and-so trying to build them a kingdom. Listen, it, it's none of your business, really. And I'll tell you right now, if they are trying to build their own kingdom, it's going to fail. So don't worry about it. What, con what concern is that of yours? 
You concern yourself with are you exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Are you living the way you ought to live? And let God take care of God's business. Hallelujah. And what you'll see is you'll start, you'll start to see that your life, your circle of influence will enlarge. Because people will begin to want to sit in your influence. We have seen this happen time and time again in this ministry. And God willing, it's going to happen even more in the days that we're living in. So Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time <clears throat> that you've given me here today. Father God, I pray that you will bless the listener. Bless my friends. Bless the, these ministries that are listening and that are tuned in, God. That are going to work with us in this coming harvest. Father God, bless them. Father, help us to take the first step to be a godly friend. Help us not, not to wait for the other person, God, but to take that first step, to, to, to reach our hand out first in the name of Jesus. We believe that's what would be pleasing to the Holy Spirit right now. Father, thank you, and I ask a hundredfold blessing in return on everyone under the sound of my voice right now in the area of friendships, in the area of, of honor, in the area of covenant. And God, we give you all the praise and the glory, lifting up the name of Jesus and no other. In his mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.